One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hello and welcome to this. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. I'm JB here in the studio with Phil. Hello, Philip. Hello, JB. And down the line, all the way in Yorkshire, cottaging, apparently, it's Tim Cocker. Hello, Tim. Uh, yeah, um, the, the phrase cottaging is an interesting it's, one. Well, you're in a um, cottage, aren't you? <laughs> this is true in in, in Yorkshire. Uh, in, in the Yorkshire Dales, it's uh, it's wonderful. This sheep. I didn't have you down out. as a cottager. <laughs> well, you know, I don't knock it till you tried it, JB. <laughs> well, quite, quite. I, I mean, I, I guess with all the websites available now to hi- you know to do these things, it's much easier than it used to be. Well, apps. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Good yeah. old Airbnb. So, uh, yeah. How how are you both anyway? Very good, thanks. How are you? I'm okay. A bit of a traumatic weekend for rugby, I'd say. Or at least from my point of view. Interesting. Uh, I mean, the big result, we'll all, we'll talk about it in very great detail later. Benetton beat Dragons. Tim, you were so dismissive of, uh, uh, of, of Benetton. I hope you want to take that back now. Yeah, they snuck a really good win, didn't snuck, they? Snuck? Snuck? Last yeah. week it was the Scarlets, this week it is the Dragons, next week the World. <laughs> that is a, rec- <laughs> a record five on the bounce, or five consecutive wins for Benetton. Yeah, they're killing it. That is, frankly, astonishing. It, not only is it astonishing, I mean, if you think about like the Welsh teams and the Irish teams whinging that they lose their players, well, at least they are traditional rugby-playing nations with loads of depth compared to the Italians. Yeah. Now, the Italians, when their players go, who... Who steps in? Like, the milkman or... Like, <laughs> the, the chef. The chef, yeah. The physio. Who is playing these games? <laughs> but no, they did really, really well. Yeah, very the, good. The ying, the ying to that yang is all of JB's former club loves once it was Exeter Chiefs, uh, then it was Bath, or it was Bath and then Exeter, and then his latterly beloved Sale Sharks all... And, got defeated. And what does that tell you, Tim? It tells you, I love rugby. I'm not a one-club man. I love all of rugby. <laughs> you, you are now a one-club man in Benetton. Uh, yes, absolutely. Well, that and my beloved Haguares. Good news about them, by the way. Well, they did lose. No, no, they won. Haguares? Yeah, they won. Well, I mean, when I say they won, they did exactly as they intended to do, <laughs> which is <laughs> score a scrum penalty. Uh, sorry, score a scrum penalty try. Yeah, make loads of yards, throw loads of offloads, and narrowly lose gallantly. They they played pretty well. Those they did, didn't they? One stage, I watched the, kind of the last twenty minutes, and they looked like they were going to win it. Yeah, they, they had. I'm sh- I'm certain that they were. Yeah, I was. That was quite a good game. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed that. In fact, there's been loads of good games this weekend. Not necessarily high scoring, but good games. I've they won- have. Can, can I just can I just tease ahead to a couple of things that are going to be coming up? Yes, Make please. sure you listen to this whole podcast because we are uh, 
rugby wizards, uh, as it turns out. We are. And I have, we are, uh, as I'll reveal why in a little bit. I also have a um, a rugby World Cup qualifying in, in, inspired teaser. Wow. In, in a little bit. And uh, in addition to that, our world changed with the discovery. Uh, well, I've got to thank Cami Black on Twitter, um, who uh, who drew my attention to this. But rugby fan fiction is a thing, and I'm going to share a little excerpt. Rugby fan fiction. I am very interested to see where this is going. I'm in- yeah. intrigued and a little bit nervous about where this is going. Yes, <laughs> it's well worth listening to. So we'll get into that in a little bit. Let's just let's just run around some of the the sort of headlines from the from the rugby week. I suppose one of the big ones, particularly if you're an Irish fan, is the, well, Henshaw out for the rest of the season, Tyg Furlong out for the rest of the Six Nations. Ooh. Yeah, that's a, it's a tough break for them. But, hey, they've got strength and depth, good programmes, they'll be okay. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think they're two players you can't replace. Uh, I think you can replace Henshaw. I'm just not sure who with. But I'm... Well, you could replace him with ring rules. Oh, hang on. No, you can't. Yeah. Uh, they've got Bundyaki there. They, look, they'll work something out. They're very, very deep. Uh, they've got a good, good squad. They'll be fine. Hmm. I, I think that makes it significantly advantage England is, if it gets to a showdown on the last day. Is Ty Furlong definitely out? Because a week ago it was kind of, he might be touch and go. Yeah, I think I, uh, he's not He's not definitely out, but he's not. Um, he's a. He's got a big question mark next to his name. So yeah. Whereas Henshaw is definitely out, isn't he? Definitely out. 100%. What's his injury? Do you, do you know? Shoulder. Uh, Henshaw was shoulder. Yeah. yeah Three to bad. four months. Uh, elsewhere, um, there was uh, Jerome Kano going to Toulouse, which yes. forms part of a bigger narrative. Phil. It does. It forms part. Well, this is kind of a, a tease because into a bigger narrative so Jerome Kano is going uh, he's 35 now I think he's still a hell of a player but his uh, star seems to be waning on the international stage mm. um, but the probably the biggest story is that um, New Zealand well the All Blacks New Zealand rugby um, after losing some high profile players in the last few years um, thinking Pietau Sopawanga uh, Lua Tua and a few others uh, Brad Shields being one Cruden uh, Cruden, yeah um, after losing those players who were all in their prime to European clubs they're talking about setting up kind of relationships with pre-vetted European clubs who meet certain criteria this is for, genius. For, for standards of coaching for uh, quality of training facilities, performance facilities, physios, that kind of thing, to allow some of their players to have one or two years mid-World Cup cycle in Europe to get some serious cash where they know they're going to be looked after well and then come back. Do you know why this is so clever? From an All Blacks point of view, very, very clever. Do you know why it's even more clever than you even think it is? (laughs) Uh... (laughs) That that assumes you... think you know why I think it's clever. Okay. Well, I think think you you and I will be on the same page here. But I'm thinking that... Do you know the way you pay for your RICS membership? Uh, Yes, I do. Right, to be an accredited whatever it is part of this body. Yeah. It would not surprise me one bit 
if to get your club inspected, you need to pay <laughs> a New Zealand Rugby Union official a handsome amount of money to maintain to maintain your license. That's what I would do, probably, and and people will pay it. Yeah, because it gets you access to the best players outside the salary cap, and arguably. Uh, well, only outside the salary cap if they're marquee players. No, what, what I mean by outside the salary cap is it's a way to spend money to improve your team oh. outside of the salary cap. Yes. And also, so you would have to pay... I, I was trying to think of this in my head the other day. You'd have to pay less than market rate for those players. Yeah. Because if they're going to go to a non-accredited uh, club then they lose the the right to pay, play in the next World Cup. Yes. Which is a massive... It's, it's much bigger than a financial incentive. Mm. So their market rate, let's say, 800 grand for Cruden, he loses the opportunity to play in the next World Cup. Yep. Saracens, if they were accredited, might get him for 600 grand because he can go back it to New Zealand. It does raise other questions, doesn't it? Like, are they going to expand their pool of players to such... I mean, so imagine that you're three best fly halves go somewhere else. Yeah, Cruden, Sopoanga, and let's say, well, Bowden. And then three more fly halves emerge in your regional teams. Ihaya West, Jordi Barrett, and Richie Mwanga. Whoever it is, right? Yeah. Like, when they come back, does that cause massive disruption? And don't those guys then get kicked out? Or, you know, it's going to be so... It's going to be weird to send all those players away to get them all back, depending on how many they do it with. What an awesome problem to have! Do you know yeah. what? I think this will be <laughs> well, used. This will be used like the reverse of the way Ireland cherry pick certain positions that work for no. their national team. Uh, New Zealand will sort of say we've got a really good young, whatever number eight yep. who could do with more game time. Kieran Reid, we know, go make some coin and and that's, and you tactically select the positions or the players or to 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 actually create that. Um, production line even more so. Could it backfire? Yeah. Uh, it could do, but I mean, having more strength in depth and more options in every position. No, 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 is no. A, is a real. When I say backfire, how about this? How about the officials with their little black ties come over in their black suits, the New Zealand rugby union officials, and they meet someone. I'm going to say in a club like loads of money, too long, too long. Go. What do we need? In order to get your players over here, and they go right. Well, you need this Discipline, coaching structure, conditioning, yeah, diet, yeah, all that, all that stuff. And then <laughs> before you know it, Toulon are basically copying the New Zealand model, and New Zealand have given them all the information to do so. No, and, it's not going to be like that. It's not going to be like that. Like, 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 think about it. The, the clubs that would you would think that they would want to work with now would be Leinster and Munster. Um, but that's the whole probably, point, isn't it? The whole point is a club will come- Glasgow Saracens. Exeter Wasps. There you go. Leicester the teams that they want to work with. Sale, maybe, maybe Leicester. Not well. I, who knows? Not what Leicester. The criteria on. are, but they're not going to give away the fam. They're not going to give away the crown jewels whilst also letting their players go in and getting coins. No, this but is the, a way of. But the players are the, the crown jewels. Yeah, but exactly. But this is a way of. They're um, giving away all their having knowledge. Access to uh, Aaron Cruden at the World Cup, or having. Yeah, but they're giving away all Beatall. their knowledge. I mean, think about it. If if a fly half goes are. somewhere, they're, and they're it goes to an accredited club. And the accredited club has matched all the New Zealand standards because New Zealand have given them the standards. Yeah, but that doesn't mean they're saying you must play this way and coach in this no, way. No, but they have given away all the state secrets. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure about all the state secrets. I mean, you what can... is that fly-off not going to tell Sail Sharks or Exeter? <laughs> but what what is he not going to tell them that they can't get from just watching Bowden Barrett play every single week? Yeah. If you if you have t- if you have two analysts just 
get every single game tape of Bowden Barrett playing. But they don't, do they? They have two analysts looking at the next Premiership opponent. Yeah, but it's one, it's one, you it's one can thing to do. know what the team's going to do. It's another thing to stop it. Everyone knows the way New Zealand play, the way England play, the way South Africa play, Scotland, Wales, ev- whatever. Ev- everyone knows that New Zealand have a 75% uh, return on their own kickoffs. That doesn't mean they can stop it from happening. No, but it doesn't mean they could replicate it. Uh, they can try and replicate it. Yeah. Well, but, yeah, exactly. But everyone's and if they've, and if you've got New Zealand's top lock in in your squad, there's a good chance you can replicate it. Yeah, but that doesn't harm the. If Toulon can reclaim their own kickoffs, that doesn't harm New Zealand, does it? Well, it it, it would on a more overall stage, on a, a more macro stage, as everyone starts to catch up with them on their national setups and everything else. But everyone well, knows by that, that by already. That standard, France would be the greatest team on earth because they're like fifty percent <laughs> awesome foreign players. That is that that is true. <laughs> yeah. it's interesting though it's definitely one to watch and it, I think you're right Phil the interesting part will be like will some clubs be going what why can't we have those players and some other cherry picked clubs get access that that will well, be when it gets interesting it's going to be exactly like the Sam Burgess situation when the RFU tried to bring him back uh, and pay his salary to put him to Bath and all of the other Premiership clubs said, "Hang on a minute, you yeah. you cannot. There's no possible way you can do this." Exactly. Um, it's interesting. Will other clubs then make the effort to improve all their systems and processes in order to get this accreditation? Well, yes, I would Ab- absolutely. They would spend whatever. It, I as the the point you made, which is excellent, is uh, it's outside the salary cap. Yeah. So you spend to get the best physio, the best strength and conditioning, which, to be fair, I imagine most of the English clubs, if they weren't well, already... They think, well, I mean, this is my point, isn't it? They think they do, and then the New Zealand guy comes over, no, 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 you need to do it like this, or you're not having our players. If, well, if they're not there already, they wouldn't be too far off mm. with a, without a few minor tweaks. So it'd be very interesting to see if that does uh, gain traction. Mm. It will. Elsewhere, uh, Eddie Jones has named 29 men for the the Calcutta Cup match. Yeah. Any surprises? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, Harry Malinder. It's 29, though, isn't it? So. Yeah, but still. Four, four are going to get... Nathan Earl and Harry Malinder. Nathan... Both in that twen- they're both in the best 29 players now tell me this, England Tim. have available to them. And, did, and Gabriel Ibitoya. Did you watch any well, of the... Well, he's, a, he's an academy guy, so in the top 28 without an asterisk next to their name, Harry Malinder and Nathan Earl are both in the top 28 players. Nathan Earl is in- an incredible shout. Thomas, did you watch any of the under-20s World Cup by any chance, Tim? The the most recent one? Yeah. In Georgia? In Georgia. No, no, uh, the, the bits, one in... Uh, only, only bits and bobs. The, no, the other one, sorry, in Manchester. Did you see any of that? I did. Now, I just, want, I just was interested to know, when you watched Harry Malinder then... You would have thought eventually he would become an England international, though. Oh, he was he was he was absolutely outstanding, and he played twelve, ten, and fifteen in that tournament. Because I just see it as a natural progression, really. I think he's always been earmarked for these things, and he is a pretty good player. His defence is a little bit ropey, but his all-round skills are pretty high end. And he's six very, foot four. That's, that's a very Eddie Jones progression. It seems it's he he seems to like picking players from under twenty straight into the national team um, and, and ignoring. Players well, aged twenty four to twenty nine. He does enjoy that, and I'll give you an example of someone who I've interviewed. As it happens, who um, <laughs> is a good example of this. He gave, I'm sure, he gave an international appearance to Matt Gitto before he had a club appearance, and again, it was against England. 
back in about 2001, something yeah. like that. So, like, he has got a, a track record for it, and it just makes me think Marcus Smith is probably more likely to play for England than we realise. Ah, that's where you're going with well, this. Well, or Harry Malander, or any of these young lads, because he does have a track record of doing it. He does? Yeah. Mm, we'll see. I, I, uh, I'm not... I'm not uh, appalled by Harry Mullander. No, I think, not I think he's a vi- appalled would be strong, but it's it's not it's not merited on performances. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think he's an exceptionally talented player. Yeah, I do. And well. I think he's got a, a very big future. You're right that he his and Northampton's form this year has been pretty. Do you think Harry Mullander though would be picked if he was playing for for instance Exeter or depends, depends Saracens? Depends if he learns to tackle or not. If, if he was playing, yeah. If he if he was playing, so I don't think just playing for those clubs would do it. But if he was in a winning side and he's playing very well and getting front football and he's mm. making breaks and setting up tries, then that's a big boost. When he's behind a pack that's going backwards and a team that's losing and missing tackles left, right, and centre, not sure it doesn't help. Do you, do you, the one thing I think about him, the you know the, the kind of knock on him is I don't think he's a fullback. Like I think of fullbacks like. Uh, Halfpenny and Mike Brown who are super solid in, in the air they've got that kind of nuggety kind of aggression going on and I don't see that in Malander can you see him going up to claim high balls against Mike Brown and winning no or Israel Folau no uh, that's where I no, think no but then there, there, there are other types of uh, full backs the, the great Serge Blanco for France uh, Christian Cullen for New Zealand yeah but we're talking a long time ago who in the modern age would you compare him to uh, well, well, Stuart Hogg's not that safe as houses. He's the attacking weapon, isn't he? Much faster, but yeah, okay, that's that's yeah. a, that's a fair one. Yeah, because everyone else is pretty good in the air. And I haven't. I mean, not saying he's not good in the air. I'm just saying I've not seen it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, it's 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 a, probably an, an irrelevant conversation in the sense that he's not going to feature in the Calcutta Cup match. It's very so, unlikely. Yes, highly, highly unlikely. Yes. What what other news has there been in in the rugby world? Hmm. Not not a great deal, really, is there? Uh, I, I don't think. You oh, uh, outside of actual games. Um, one thing that we it happened oh. it happened a couple of weeks ago now, but we didn't actually mention it at the time was uh, New Zealand uh, New Zealand South Africa changing coaches. Yes. Yeah, that happened. I don't know what it means though. I don't know what this, who this new guy is. Well, I th- here's what I think will probably happen. Um, South Africa are going to relax their rules on pick- selecting players not in South Africa. Argentina will do the same, and they're both going to have resurgent 18 months building up to a World Cup as a result. Yeah, it'd be very hard. I mean, you'd have to be completely incompetent to ruin South Africa any more than it already is. So <laughs> the upwards trajectory, you'd imagine, is going to be fairly substantial. Yeah, you'd hope so. And actually, as we're just going through miscellaneous things, can I bring your attention to um, a young man called Tad Taj, or however you say, say his name? Ty. Ty McElroy. Ty McElroy. Does anyone, do you know who Ty Ma- McElroy is? Tim? Yeah, I saw that. I saw this story. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? Shall I just uh, just delve into it a, l- a, l- a little bit further? Go on. So, if you, yeah, sure. So, th- so this lad, he's a hooker. He's in the Ireland Under-20 squad, and from what I can tell, he gets released from Leinster. So he's on his way to the World Cup, the Under-20s World Cup, when an IRFU official waves a bit of paper in front of him saying, sign this right now to sign for Connacht, or you will not be getting on, on that plane. 
Rightly, he phones his agent, as you should for a major finan- financial decision. A long-term decision. Yeah, yep. a long-term financial decision. Uh, the agent rightly says, do not sign that piece of paper because who knows what? who knows what's on it. And they left him at the airport. This is an absolute disgrace. Now, well, just, it, just stop. Just stop a second before you go any further. You are you are making quite a few assumptions. The main one being that the way that this guy has said it happened is exactly how it happened. Well, do you have any evidence it didn't? Do you have any evidence it did? Yeah, I've, I'm, I've got his word. I'm reading the story. Okay, well, I mean um, that's a first-hand account. So unless you've got another account which. Uh, which you know is directly opposite that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear it, but this is from uh, the forty-two, which is a pretty good sport, uh, sports website. Well, no, well, no, it's not from. It's not. It's not about the 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 website. It's that they've asked one guy what happened. He's given a version. It, it appears that one week after he um, was released from the Ireland World Cup under twenty squad, he signed for Saracens, and the reason they put the contract in front of him is they said we've heard you're signing for Saracens, but. Um, Do you not think, out of principle, that using the leverage of a World Cup to a young lad in an airport is disgraceful? If that's how it happened, if they said to him if, before well, he arrived, that's, that's exactly it. it. If that's how it happened, yeah, then, yeah. which is if, exactly if what this lad says. Exactly, if it happened, exactly Look, the way the guy is describing. Even then, even yeah, the day yeah, before, even board, the day know. before, even the week before, because what they've done effectively is they've said to this this young lad, he can't go back to the under twenties World Cup. That is done for him now. So do you know when you, when you talk, Tim, about the passion of the shirt and all this? Well, this is all the things that a young a young lad going to the under twenties World Cup would would have been looking forward to, only for the IRFU to pull that sort of stunt. And I think it's absolutely abhorrent. And I think we're going to see more of this, unfortunately, with the five year residency rule and all the rest of it. The battle for signatures is just going to get younger and younger and younger. And uh, you know. If this I is true, I think it's got anything abs- to do with res- residency. I don't think Eng- it's, it's not that abs- people are trying to get a youngster for England. We're not trying to get no. But the point is, McElroy if you want to get England, no. But if you want to get a youngster, you've got to sign them up early. And the battle to keep people in academies and all that sort of stuff, uh, we've got to be careful. It doesn't turn into grisly business, and that would be my uh, point. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I think Saracens just want, wanted a hooker and identified him as a hooker they'd quite like to have. I don't think it's got anything to do with. Uh, national selection in this particular case. Well, it has, because they didn't let him play for Ireland. Well, no, no, it hasn't got to do with... That's not the reason he's been put into the Saracens Academy. No, no, of course not. But the point really isn't that, is it? It's the absolute abhorrent behaviour of using leverage of a World Cup in in an airport to get someone to sign a long-term financial commitment. Imagine if credit card companies um, operated like that. It's uh, it's unbelievable. (laughs) If that's how it happened, then yeah, it is. All right. Okay, it didn't happen. Okay, fine. Well, no, no, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. Yeah. If if that is how it happened, because we do only have one side of the story here. Uh, yeah, true. Um, as in, we've got... And from what I've read, there's no reason I have to believe it didn't happen like that, but we have only got his word. And do you know why he got released by Leinster? They liked someone else. Really? Yeah. Someone else filled, filled that spot. Mm. And the the other thing, which sort of, um, I mean, this shouldn't affect whether he plays for Ireland at whatever level. That's that's the broader point. But the, the other element of this, which I think is much in your line of thinking, is no player should be restricted from earning what they can earn. And I imagine the Saracens would have had a much more lucrative offer on the table than what than he would have got at Connacht. So uh, it shouldn't mix up um, with you know he, he'd earned the right to go on that under twenties World Cup. Um, and he wanted to make a move to England, but if if that was you can understand 
why Ireland would be upset about that, but I don't think they that that was the right thing to do. But yeah. it will be interesting to see how this sort of thing plays out in future. I think I, we're going to see so much more of this. I almost think this is short sighted from Ireland's yeah. point of view. Yeah. If he if he can if he can go and play two or three years for Saracens, one of the best teams, if not the best team in the world over the past few years. And then come back and be a better player for Ireland. Yeah, yeah look I, at Tyg Byrne. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Great example. Uh, and also, do you know what? If I was his agent or if I was his family, I don't think I'd want him to play for Ireland. Oh, I'll come I think it's such, a, no, it's such a shoddy way to, to, to behave. And well, if that's how they're treat, treating their lads, it, it's poor. Yeah, it might well be that that is a couple of individuals and that's not how the IRF I mean, I mean, I mean the things overall. that we do know is that he didn't get onto onto a flight and that he was at the airport so something yes. happened in yeah. then okay yeah yeah and that alone is shoddy whether he'd agreed to sign yeah. for Saracens or whether it's delayed that alone yeah. is shoddy yeah but that's that's what I'm saying and that's the bit we don't know what what he's said is he had he had not made up his decision it was completely in the balance and it was only a week later he made up his mind to sign for Saracens it could be we don't know. It could be, yes, he was definitely going to leave. He just didn't want to say so because he wanted to play in the yeah, Under-20s yeah. World Cup, which I wouldn't begrudge him that. Yeah, and even if he had already but signed... But those are the rules as well, yeah, aren't they? Even if, he, even if he had already signed for Saracens, if he's the best hooker or one of the top three, he should yeah. still be going to that World Cup. Yeah. He, he's done his time at Leinster. If Leinster wanted to keep him, yeah. he, probably, he probably would have stayed. So. Well, let's talk about us as rugby magicians. Why? What, what, we, what have we done? Yeah. Where, wherever we decide to go on our Tier 2 tour, win the Rugby Europe Championship. Whoa, <laughs> it's we, early days we yet. Could end, we could end up being two from two. <laughs> I think, so, uh, Georgia might have something to say about that. Oh, no, this is true, of course. When I was looking at the table of World Cup qualification, Georgia aren't included because they're already there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so Spain looked like they were top of the table. But Spain just had a humongous win this weekend, today, in fact, as we record this, well, against the Mighty Oaks. So they've beaten Spain. Uh, sorry, they've beaten Romania. They've beaten yeah. Germany. Presumably yeah. they're going to lose to Georgia. Presumably. But we don't know. If we knew, we wouldn't play the game. Oh, sorry. They've not played Germany. They've not. They beat Belgium. They, they beat, no, sorry, no, no. They Russia. beat Russia in Russia, thanks to a yeah. disallowed try or a try that wasn't given. So they've basically got to go through Germany, and they're at sixes and sevens at the and moment. And Belgium. Belgium away, Germany at home, and we're there for the Germany at home game. I, I've got a funny feeling they might be doing all right. Now in, Which it, could, th- that game could potentially be the game where they seal it, qualification for the World Cup, but at the very least oh they'll word. get through to a, a playoff for the World Cup. Yes. Yeah, it looks like their chance of getting through to a playoff at least is is pretty good. Can you explain... The process now. Can no. anyone explain it? <laughs> no. So, uh, I can't believe you're even trying, Phil. Yeah, I don't. He's know. definitely the man for the job, though, isn't he? Well, <laughs> this is true. I'll, I'll tell you the best thing to do: go to World Rugby's Twitter account, and there is a very good one-minute video that explains qualification from. I think I could do it from Europe. Okay, you 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 attempt. I, I think. Okay, and I'll try and correct you if you go wrong. So, as I understand it. Georgia have qualified because they're third in. They were third in their group from the last World Cup. Yeah, so correct. that means that the best of Europe will then go through the, the remaining. Okay, so that could be Romania, that could be Spain. We're not sure, but if Spain that's, aver- that's averaged over two years, though, apparently. Yes, yes. So if it's not Spain, then Spain go into a playoff with another European team, probably Portugal. 
Uh, well, I think it's so it definitely Portugal. Portugal. Is it? it is. But I, I couldn't quite work out why it's Portugal. Uh, well, this is exactly what exactly right. <laughs> so there's a single box saying Portugal. Yeah. Where do they come from? So they're not they're not even in the top level of the Rugby European Champions Championship 2018. Unless we just don't know about it. What? No, we're so invested what, in. If, if it's a playoff for the World Cup, Spain v Portugal, I think we need to go back to Madrid for that game. Oh, or oh. Lisbon. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. yeah. Because it would be certainly because if they beat oh, sorry if they beat if they lose oh wait no if they beat Portugal <laughs> if they beat Portugal they go and play a home and away fixture against Samoa that's right yes they do <laughs> which is which is great fun. and if they lose that they go into the four team repechage yeah. against Canada and somebody else and two others yeah oh good goodness me well I suppose the bottom line is <laughs> no, isn't... we're going on, a, on on our tier 2 tour for the Germany game which which could be a historic day for Spain um, and uh, we're going we're gonna to be there. 15,000 people were there against Romania this weekend, so the atmosphere is going to be incredible. So last time we went, I kind of, in my mind, I, I was talking up the game to get excited about it. And we got there, it was a good game. You know, it's 5,000 people there, decent, decent atmosphere. I think this is going to be in orders of magnitude bigger, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, what, 16,000 there this weekend? Yeah, yeah. 15 plus thousand. Now, in, in Romania, there were kind of five, five, six, and the atmosphere wasn't amazing. No, but... It was good fun. It yeah, was, it was yeah. amazing fun. It was a brilliant event. This, I mean, I've been, we've been to stadium, and that place with 16,000 will be rocking. It's amazing. Yeah, so it, that'll be incredible. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. Bring it on. They've only got to beat, before they play that game, they've only got to beat Bel- Belgium, right? They've only got... That one game because it's got a break, or do they have Georgia before that? Uh, they have be- Belgium away and then no. Germany at home. So they have Georgia first. So they have oh, Bel- right, Belgium okay. away. Belgium away is the last game uh, in two weeks. So they have a rest week, rest weekend this weekend. In two weeks' time, they travel to Georgia to Tbilisi, Ooh. and that that could put the brakes on pretty. Well, they might lose half their squad quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they might have no front rows left or something horrendous. Uh, just one more thing about the tier two. I've had a bit of a think about this because was it last week? It was last week, wasn't it? Georgia scrummaged with England for a little while. Yes. And yep. by all accounts, it's a very good session. Yeah. Now, there are five teams in the Championship National League Europe Cup, whatever it's called. Yeah. Do you not think a good way to bridge the gap, and I'm not, I do, I never want to talk about promotion and relegation again in Six Nations because it's a waste of time, <laughs> but one of the ways to bridge the gap, do you not think. Everyone should have a training week with a top na- a, a tier one nation. Yeah, why not? I mean, that sounds yeah, like a win win for everyone. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd be very happy with that. Mm. I think that sounds good. I've got one little uh, teaser then. So, a little bit of general knowledge quiz. Um, so, what I've done is because Spain could qualify for the World Cup uh, in 2019, I've taken a look at the teams. Outside of the 11 regular countries, uh, hold on, have I got that right? England, Scotland, Wales, Ireland, France, Italy, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, Tonga, Fiji, Samoa, Argentina. Outside of those nations, um, which teams have played at a World Cup? And I'm going to let you take it in turns to answer until one of you gets one wrong. Okay. And I'll say, um, what the heck, JB, go first. So the 11, is Georgia in that? Nope. So the, sorry, just to be clear, the eleven is the six England, nations it's, plus it's the six, six nations um, plus the, the four uh, rugby championship. Uh, Tonga, Fiji, Samoa, yeah, 
So, so, 30, so Pacific, the 30 Pacific Tonga. Nations, the Six Nations, and the Rugby Championship. So that's 11, 12, 13, 14. Okay. Third, yes. It's 14, isn't it? Uh, six, six plus four plus three. 13. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah, that one. <laughs> uh, okay. There are, there are uh, 11 others. Ooh, okay. All right. Uh, do you want to go first? Well, it's on you. All right. So I will go with Georgia. Correct. They first qualified in 07 and have been ever presents ever since. Was it 07 the first time they qualified? Yeah. Wow. Uh, Nearly beat Ireland. I'll go geographically close. Russia. Russia. Have they been to a World Cup? They've well, been to one. Oh, have. I was going to say, it's your quiz. <laughs> uh, I'll go Romania. Correct. Romania have been ever presents every single World Cup. Ooh. Uh, I will go... Portugal. Portugal have been to one World Cup in 07. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with the home of freedom, USA. <laughs> Correct. They've been in every World Cup. I'm going to follow you across to Canada. Home of PC Correct. nonsense. <laughs> Who, for the time being, have been in every World Cup. The home of sweetheart Justin Trudeau. Oh, yeah. What a guy. What a man. Uh, there, there are one, two, three, four, five... Six nations left, you haven't said. We'll get them all. Um, Uruguay. Uruguay, correct. 99.03, then had a bit of a break, back for 2015. Uh, working my way north, I'm going to go to Japan. Japan. I've Japan, been to actually. every World Cup. Every World Cup, good mm. lads. I saw Japan versus Samoa when I was in school, playing at Wrexham. Uh, what did we watch them? Um, Japan versus... Oh, Russia! It was Russia, yeah. yeah. Good at, Arius, game, that. at Arius Park. Park yeah. Arius, but never mind. Um, <laughs> I'll go with Namibia. Namibia have been to five World Cups uh, ever since 99. How many are we missing now? Uh, one, two, three nations left. Ooh. It's a bit of a shootout. If one of you misses and the other one gets one. Uh, I'm going to go for... Uh-oh. Zimbabwe. Damn it! That was the one I was going to go for. It is correct. They were in the first two World Cups. Hmm. The first World Cup was invitational, and they invited oh. the so- the Soviet Le- Union, who declined. Did they really? <laughs> yeah. Ivory Coast. Correct, JB. 1995. Their one and only appearance. They did all right as well. They pushed Tonga quite hard. Hmm. I think I know the last one as well. There's one more. Have we said... Uh-oh. Spain. Huh. 1999, you've got the lot. Hey, give ourselves work, a clap. Well, well done. done, us. Well done. That's good work. <laughs> Very good. Right, let's talk about some blooming rugby. Yeah, rugby. <laughs> let's kick off with... Um, oh, do you know what? Uh, let's go with Wasps and Exeter. Yeah, it was a big game of the weekend, really, in, in, as far as the Avicii is concerned. Yeah, yeah. It's... It, was a few, it was a few big games, actually. I, I'd probably say that, that in terms of importance for their seasons, Leicester Harlequins was probably the biggest match of them all. But, um, we, we, yeah, we'll say we'll keep our powder. Yeah, it's one. a weird one, isn't it? Because if it wasn't Leicester and Harlequins, I mean, if it was two teams traditionally in that position, for in instance... Eighth and ninth place. Yeah, Sale versus Gloucester. Yeah. yeah we just would not care. Sale um, versus Gloucester with seven seven games to go in the season. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ugh. Ugh. But, yeah, you, yeah, you're right. I mean, because, basically, it's uh, first place in the sack race. Uh, yeah. Yep. 
and Leicester now move within one point of top four, which by, is incredible by isn't it? winning that. Yeah. So you know, for instance, if Sale would have won, uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm incorrect on that. They moved within one win of being top ah. four. So Sale would have been top four if they'd have won. Or they've been fifth, maybe. I'm pretty sure they've been fourth. Uh, fourth because of they, points it, difference. Bonus. They le- level, level on points. If they yeah. got a bonus point win, they would have been. Bonus point win, they would have been level on points for Gloucester. But with their points yes. difference, they'd be ahead. And their heads-heads. Uh, although they've won fewer games. Oh, I don't know which one it means. Yeah, so. I don't know which one it goes But to. anyway, yeah, that's the point. They'd be so right. J- j- do you know what, JB? I'm going to I'm gonna offer you the floor where it comes to Wasps Exeter because let, let, I, let I me was... give some... Uh, I'm, I'm going to offer you the opportunity to to uh, rectify what you said before because you have been incredibly critical of Wasps. No, I haven't. Saying so, phrases... Yes, you have. No, I haven't. Uh, yeah, yeah even to the point certainly... where... No, 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 no. The point where, even to the point where people at Wasps said, why did you make JB, like beating us down so much um and you said they're, they're, te- reliant, they're reliant of quote they're reliant on danny cipriani making things happen correct they're rel- they're reliant on individual brill- brilliance correct. and you've said they're not well coached correct you actually so, went as far as at one point saying there is no coaching yeah i still think that is a possibility uh, so <laughs> you know um <laughs> first and foremost it was a fantastic a fantastic display and very particularly in the second half very unwaspsy I mean I was watching that game and I actually thought in fact I, you know, I put a bet on Exeter to win as soon as they went 7-0 down because I was so convinced that Exeter would mm. uh, not to take anything away from Wasps there were a ton of Exeter errors just things like unforced errors and the way Exeter play because they rely on an error free game once you start making errors you can't play, play like rugby and silly things like um, Woodburn getting up after he was told that he was uh, he was down or Armand knocking on the ball both at the base of a, a scrum and going for the line just things which aren't very extra-ish having all said that, that that poor second row making his premiership debut and just doing everything he did just went wrong yeah well but on the other hand Wasps weren't very waspy uh, specifically in the second half when Gopeth and Robson some of their tactical kicking was outstanding it was brilliant. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't really seen much of Wasps doing that. Now, going back to the coaching, I do truly believe what I said. In the same way, I, do, you remember, do you remember a guy called Ben Ryan? <laughs> I've heard uh, of him. Remind me, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think, I, I think he might play. Uh, you, you, you've got a very good quote from ben, ben Ryan, which is like, thick thick play books, thick players. Lack of coaching isn't always necessarily a negative. I think it, I think it, it usually is. But it is a legitimate way to do things. As Ben Ryan will say, it's about, you know, letting your individual players play well. And that's what Wasps have ha- have done in the past. I don't think it's as effective long-term as a system like, Ex- like, Ex- like, like Exeter's, but that is an opinion thing. So I stand by that wholeheartedly. Can um, I bring your attention to what I mentioned last week and, and what, what I think you saw against Exeter as well? When I, Their, their defence has been an issue mm. this season. It has improved out of sight. Again, I'm cautious on that. And the reason is, Wasps made a lot of good turnovers. Um, what's the young lad? Is it Willis? Wills? What's his name? Uh, yeah, Willis. Willis Will- and Young. Willis and Young were outstanding. And it, it did feel a little bit like Wasps' line would bend, 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 and then someone would come up with a good steal. For instance, um, who, did, who did it? Gopeth nipped around the side of a rook picked up a ball Willie LaRue did it the uh, turnovers by Young and Willis were just brilliant Exeter had what 17 17 attempts with the ball and didn't complete their phases so actually something happened out of their control 
which is so extra like it's it's ridiculous. But you know, once Wasps were ahead, they held that lead brilliantly. And actually, <laughs> ironically, probably helped by the fact that it was Gopeth pulling the strings in the end and not Cipriani. Yeah, his, his tactical kicking was very good. Um, I do think Wasps were... They almost threw it as, away, partly by uh, bad luck in injuries right across the board. Mm. They had numerous injuries. I mean, Willis, who was, who was exceptional, who He's, was heroic. Apparently his brother's really good. So it's Jack and Tom, isn't there? Yeah, like his brother is really, really good. But he was exceptional. And then Ryder comes on. Reader. Reader for a few minutes looks good and then gets injured poor guy Re- uh, and then replacing him comes Ashley Johnson who loses his head and nearly takes someone else's head off Don, Don Harmon's head off mm. uh, uh, and as um, really like the refereeing on that one by the way from JP Doyle yeah I thought it was reasonable so, some some people have had some issues with, it, with with other decisions but I thought that particular one was, was spot on I, yeah I thought he handled that well and there were people on Twitter and indeed um, Delalio and Healy were kind of debating or calling, uh, more debating whether it could be a red card because yeah. it was it was pretty reckless I, I, at I, best. Yeah. But I, I, I agree with you, Tim. I thought Doyle handled it very well. Just a note on the commentating today. I, I thought Austin Healy's uh, analysis was spot on. Some of the things that he spots is, oh, he, he is by far and away the best analyst in-game. I think... I would say 50% of the time. Yeah, I, sometimes I, he mails it in. Sometimes some, he's too busy cracking jokes. But when, he's, when his head is on, yeah. he's awesome. Some of us, I do agree with that, but not all the time. Because sometimes I do think he just puts opinions out to almost wind people up but as well. Well, I, I'll give you an example today. There was an offside given. And he pointed out, well, how can there be an offside? Because there's, there's no, no work, work and no more. Yeah. It's like, I would never have spotted that in a million years. Yeah. So, hmm. right, even right, and even taking your point, Phil. Like, I, I would say that um, it takes a giant pair to to put opinions out there, which you know are going to cause, Uh-oh. you know, a, a reaction. How, how many people are scared to scared to do that? So, I really respect that as well. Everyone, in, everyone in in the Rugby Writers Association. <laughs> well, they're they're willing or they're scared. Scared, <laughs> terrified. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I think um, wasps have showed a lot of dog in the last couple of weeks. And let's not forget they were down. They spent sixty three minutes a man down last week away yeah. at Harlequins, where most teams go and lose. Um, and they have been without Lover Balavu, Bassett, Gopeth. Thompson, Cooper, Woolley, Mullen. They're still without Launchbury, Hughes, uh, Daly. So Wasps, I think, are just coming into form at just the right time. Exeter now, that's three on the bounce. Yeah. Yeah, they're not going to be happy about this one because there were so many things they could have prevented. There's so many things that, you know, just silly things like if the ball is at the back of the ruck, move it. Don't let the opposition come round the ruck and pick it up. I mean, that doesn't take much coaching that's just a basic decision so yeah I'm, it was very dis- I tell you what although that was disappointing I thought Hepburn was ace I thought um, the hooker what, what was his name Dickey, Cowan yeah. Dickey Molly, was Dickey. immense and Will Chudley played very well yeah 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 he did but across the board it, there was too many errors yeah. and half of those errors were unforced half of them were forced by an aggressive wasp defence 
Hmm. It's interesting. Like Exeter were ten points clear not so long ago, and we were talking about Saracens being in free fall. Now Saracens are top of the league. Yeah. It's this right. So here's a question: This season is quite probably the most competitive ever, or is it the worst? I mean, I, I, well, I, exactly. That's that's the point. Yeah. Is it the most competitive because all the teams are especially good, or? It's poorer overall. Yeah, I, I don't honestly know the answer to that because I was looking at the table. I was like, there are no outstanding historic teams like there were maybe two years ago with Saracens or before that. You know, when Exeter, uh, Exeter, when um, Leicester had their amazing run, and before that, when Wasps Bath, Bath got to the final, yeah, and, and lost to Saracens. Um, I, well, I, th- I think the European form hints that it's. A, a lower quality across the board. Yeah, I, I think you Rel- might be right. Relatively, I might. I think. I think you might be right there. Yeah, I also. It, it does feel like a few teams are kind of in flux uh, and kind of transitioning. Namely, well, <laughs> Bath, Quinns, Leicester, Gloucester. I, I think are all in flux, and Gloucester. Oh, Sale. I'd add, add, add that list. Do you think they're in flux? They're definitely building for something. I mean, <laughs> you know, they've got a back row in place. They're going to have to find other players from somewhere. You know, so they're not the finish, they're not the finished product. But the difference is they're not going to be disposing of players the way some other teams will be. Mm. Uh, Newcastle have continued to build. Yeah, it's actually Sale and New- I think Sale are more like Newcastle actually than the other guys that you mentioned. Yeah. And but, but but you know, in a in seasons gone by, would would Sale and Newcastle be where they are in the table now, just potentially top four and and definitely with a really good shout at top six. Well, they're definitely I don't, stronger I don't teams, aren't got... they? I mean, they're stronger yeah. than historic Newcastle and Sale teams. Uh, well, Especially no, not Newcastle. Sale. Not Sale. Uh, do you not think? I, I, I Well, Sale might have the best back row in the whole competition. Well, it, that's, 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 oh, no, I'm just saying they're not better than... Newcastle have been on an upward trajectory over a bunch of seasons. This, Sale haven't. This, but, um, this, this Newcastle team is the best Newcastle team in the last 10 years, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do yeah, you agree with that? I would agree with that. I think this is probably the best sale team in about five or, five or six years. I'd probably... Mm-hmm. I would, I, they've, got to, they've got top six twice about four years ago, right? Yeah, but there's a, a certain... I mean, in terms of personnel, I think Diamond would rather have these guys than the other guys. Okay. I think. Um, but but I think we should jump into that because there, there are no two teams more in flux than Leicester and Harlequins in a bad way. Yes, Plus. and this, this game, it was it, it was entertaining. Oh, it I, was. I found it entertaining. I wouldn't Sloppy have liked like, as hell. Jordan Freud, sort of. Uh, less than, no, because there, there was some very good rugby played at time. But yeah, Tim, sloppy. A lot of the good rugby was played on the back of mistakes from the other team. Yeah, and often the good rugby was punctuated by mistakes from that team. <laughs> it was. It was entertaining. I would have hated to watch this with either a Harlequins or a Leicester hat on it. Uh, didn't Austin Healy tweet, isn't this hard for ex-Leicester players to watch? Or or any other ex-Leicester players finding this, this hard, hard to watch? Yeah, it doesn't surprise me, particularly when uh, Quinns went up uh, at, at various different points throughout the game. Uh, um, I wanted. Um, I, I did want at one point that bit from Life of Brian. Is it with a? He's not the Messiah. He's a very <laughs> naughty boy. When I wanted that to blare out over the speakers when uh, uh, Marcus <laughs> Smith got a yellow card. <laughs> yeah, clear yellow card as well. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. That... But the... And he is. I, he, by the way, he isn't a naughty boy. 
He is the Messiah. <laughs> I mean, that is, I think that should be the Harlequin's banner. He's a very good boy. Particularly by Quinn standards. <laughs> well, this is true. The, uh, I, I think the, the, the lack of cohesiveness was highlighted most for me when Sione Calamaphone scored a try. Luke Hamilton went to high-five him and Calamaphone just left him hanging. <laughs> that highlights everything. Which one of those two boys is going to have to leave to uh, make way for the new lads? Uh, they're just all going to be on rotation. The, o- the only thing they need to worry about... It- for next season is getting Brendan O'Connor on the pitch correct I love that guy I think he's a yeah, great, he's great player he's and he's the only one that adds any a, a modicum of balance to that back row he's the, the only moment. one with a bit of class actually a bit of ath- athleticism yeah a uh, bit of handling the others are they're big they're blunt, but they're, they are blunt lumps. instruments aren't they they're, yeah they're just big lumps I think both of those boys weirdly would do very well at Exeter Probably. They'd probably be brilliant for Exeter. Probably. But um, uh, Leicester aren't that well coached. So. Callum Afoni goes to uh, Exeter next season and breaks Thomas Waldrum's try scoring record. Well, that's a really good point. If Thomas Waldron <laughs> no. had been in Leicester for the last two years, we'd be, we'd be thinking, oh, Callum Afoni, Waldron, yeah. Williams. If you put those three into Exeter, you're like, Callum Afoni, <laughs> Waldron, Williams. <laughs> Maybe that's why. Uh, so Armand, that's, let, yeah. well, that's it. And so. Eddie Jones has run the simulation with yeah. Don Armand playing for the Leicester Pack and it just doesn't work. No, it's terrible. <laughs> oh. the, the score in the end made Leicester look like comfortable winners. Yeah. They weren't that comfortable. They Yeah. And I think I'm right in saying this. Leicester still haven't got a try bonus point in the Avicii season. I think they've got one Hmm. I, I saw a very good tweet. Let me just see if I can get it up. Uh, from, Maybe you're right, there's one. From Russ Petty. Let me get this up. Here we go. Uh, so, since 2000-2001, which were when uh, bonus points were introduced to the Premiership, uh, Leicester have had the most in a season seven times. And this season they've got one in 15 games. Wow. That is... <laughs> and they've they've not actually got one, so they they had they were top for four consecutive years, two thousand nine to twenty thirteen. They've not had a top try bonus point since then. Mm. So they have fallen off, and also and the- yet and and yet you could like you say they're so close to playoffs. They've been there for the last thirteen years. It would not surprise me if they ended up sneaking back in. More because no one has claimed that than Leicester being good. Yeah, yeah. Because Gloucester have had a wobble now. Yeah, big wobble. Well, Gloucester have... They put two great performances together and then lose one. Wait, uh, hang on, did they lose last week? Who did they beat? No, no they, they beat Leicester. Leicester last week. Oh, yeah. Lost to Worcester they? this week. And it, it was a good win last week. Well, you know, maybe it's Worcester that are the guys improving rather than... Gloucester on the way down. Oh my word! That uh, Ryan Mills pass is oh, something the, else. Yeah, the miss three or whatever it was. Yeah. Miss four. Amazing, amazing bit of skill. Yeah, it was fantastic. He, uh, Worcester fans have been absolutely raving about him the last couple of weeks. Well, yeah, I mean he's one of the players that I keep highlighting when he's not in the team. They don't do they, they don't do so well. Him and Pennell because they've got that sort of Worcester through and through about them. I know Ryan Mills came from Gloucester before anyone says anything, but he <laughs> he he has been around for a long time. He is important to them. But it's kind of like the Scotland game we spoke about um, when they played Wales, and I was like they're five percent off. Well. You know, a lot of these teams are 5% off. 5% here, 5% there makes a big difference. Worcester have had 
I, you know, I've, I've said it pretty much since last season, they've got a powerful set of backs. And you don't get one of the Premiership's top try scorers unless you're doing something right. Yeah. So yeah, No, they're looking very good at the moment. Yeah. They are. Well, they're safe. And London Irish are... Well, we can call it now, can't we? They're down. I, Not, I think so. Boring a miracle. Uh, like yeah. the ending of promotion and relegation. <laughs> uh, when they went 14-0 up oh. against Northampton, it was two very opportunistic opportunistic tries by uh, Lewington but very very well taken that's why so he... what would you have said right you're, you're, you're Nick Kennedy what do you what do you, what do you guess Nick Kennedy would have said at half time get... going in at half time 14-0 up get the ball to Lewington and and also just, yeah, just... Whatever, whatever whatever we do keep it calm keep yeah. it simple play in the right part of the pitch first 10 minutes of this half yeah. so, so, it... take, take the sting out of Northampton because they're going to come back at us yeah, well, I tell you what. If you want to uh, upset an, a London Irish fan, do you know what you do? Uh, tell them that Lewington's not going to be there next season. No, no, that doesn't upset them that much. Did Joe Cock Cock and a singer play? Uh, he did. Just tell them that Joe Cock and a singer is, isn't that good. They go mad. They go wild for it. <laughs> and yeah, again, uh, you know, didn't show up. A lot, a lot of hype about this lad, and so far, I've not seen him do anything. Have, have you? Very, very uh, little. Very, very little. I mean, I just, I just can't. The, the uh, th- conceding three tries in eight minutes just after half time. Devastating. Blow it, blowing a lead you've worked so hard to build up mm-hmm. away from home. It's, uh, it. Well, you, they, you deserve to be relegated. Yeah. yeah. Which is really sad. I, I don't want to. I don't, don't, didn't want to see it, but it just. Um, it's that. Oh uh, yeah. It's just. It's a real shame, but. Um, they're, they're sinking it's, without really firing a shot, it looks. Yeah, now, they are done. I've got an interesting thing for you. Um, of the Premiership's top, 10 top point scorers, okay, who is the top try scorer out of those lot? Hmm. Well, out of the, oh, okay, so who's got the most points? Who's got themselves into the top 10 without being a kicker? No, no. Well, they're, they're a kicker and a try scorer. Yeah, so of the top 10, top of the top 10 point scorers in the Premiership, Yep. Well, top ten. Who is the top try scorer? Lewington. Nope, he's not in the top top ten. Marcus Smith is number one, but he is not in not in the top tries. Not, not the, the most tries. Uh, Marshall. Close. Tommy Bell. Correct. Mm. With all of two tries. Who has not been playing recently? <laughs> no. So, uh, basically, basically, what that stat says is people that kick don't score many tries because most most of them are playing at ten. To be fair, mm. apart I, from I'm Tommy su- Bell, who's played. Suppose Marcus Smith hasn't got more. Yeah, I seem to remember at least three in my mind that he scored. <laughs> Probably uh, dream U- European champions. Oh yeah, maybe dream fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, oh, actually, well, actually, it, it must have been a dream because it was the 2019 World Cup, <laughs> the final, <laughs> the final against yeah. New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's that's where that came from. He got a hat trick in the final. <laughs> yeah. Well, so that sounds like um, a bit of fan fiction you could write between now and the World Cup. What you? is this fan fiction, Timothy? Ooh. Right, have you heard of fan fiction? Before? No, I have no idea what it is. I mean, fan I think f- I know by the name what it might be. I've yeah, never. So, it, fan fiction are people that, and it quite often happens with music. So, you get like uh, One Direction fans will write fan fiction where Harry Styles and. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Liam Payne from One Direction are secretly lovers. And, um, no, and, and no. Like, I already know I'm not going to like this section. Come on. No, 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 no. I've not gone for one of those. But okay, okay. As, as it turns out, there is rugby fan fiction. There are some people that really, really love particular rugby players, mostly Owen Farrell and George mm. Ford. Ah, okay. They have a certain so, uh, uh, boy band charm about them. Yes, yeah. So... There's this one story. I'm not going to embarrass the people that have written it in case they don't want the exposure, but I mean, they've put it out there on a... No, a... that's nonsense, Tim. Who wrote this? Well, they've, they've gone by the name, what is it? Um, lost, a Lone Lost Wolf. They haven't left their real name. Lone Lost Wolf, okay. It's just their writing name. But anyway, oh, it's just... can, can I just confirm something? It means more to Phil than you, I guess, Tim. But I'm going to confirm it anyway. Lone Lost Wolf. Um, I, was in list, I was in a lift with, um, with Sanderson on Friday night. Uh, Pat or Alec? Alex. Alex. Yeah. And I asked him, "Do you have your wolf? Do you have your wolf necklace on?" So like, how do you know that? And then he pulled out his wolf necklace. He wears <laughs> his wolf necklace all the time. Awesome. That, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> you you got to see this wolf necklace, mate. It's massive. A wolf medallion. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, this book by Lone Lost Wolf is called Rugby at Heart, and it's George Ford fan fiction. Oh, so, no. uh, chapter one is called I Just Hit George Ford in the Head. <laughs> how many chapters are there and how long is this going to last? <laughs> no, it's not going to last. I'm only going to read out a little excerpt okay. of the whole thing. Okay, so basically it's, these, it's, these, uh, it's, this, it's, it's a female and she's just going to rugby training with the Bath women's team at the wreck. Oh, God. Okay, and she's just gone out there on the field 15 minutes before training <laughs> to practice her kicking. Okay. Um, <laughs> Right, she says, uh, with that, I went to, to my bag and got out my rugby ball. Practice makes perfect. I did a few stretches and walked to the middle of the pitch. Can I, point out, the right... can I, can I point out an automatic flaw in this story? Yeah. <laughs> right? Anyone who's played rugby, like I, I've played rugby for, for a long time, and I used to practice on my own with a ball. What I'll tell you about practicing on your own with a ball is you can get nothing done. If you've got nothing, <laughs> like, if you've got no one to pass to, you can stand in a, like I yeah. did, in a field for <laughs> hours on your own and never get any better at rugby because there's no one to train with. You can kick the ball and you can chase after it. That's it. Yeah. Well, Especially that's if there's only one ball. I, I was now starting to kick through the goalposts. I still had seven minutes left before anyone arrived. I placed the ball on the stand. Stand. This is again kicking tea. That'll be. <laughs> 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 Go on. 
took a few steps back, aimed and kicked. The ball went flying easily through the middle of the posts. What I didn't notice was a man about my age walking on the edge of the pitch. I only noticed him when my ball smashed him on the head. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you okay? I shouted to him whilst running towards him to make sure he was all right. HIA. <laughs> Protocol. <laughs> when I reached him, he was standing there rubbing his head and his face all scrunched up. Here, let me look. I'm so sorry I didn't see you there, I said, peeling his hands off his head so I could see. It's all right. It'll heal sooner or later. I should do a normal accent, shouldn't I? It's George Ford. Uh, It's all right. It'll heal sooner or later. I've had worse injuries, he said, putting his head down so I could have a better look at his head. What? (laughs) There, There was a bump where my ball had hit him, but it looked like it should go down in a couple of days. I'm so sorry. I I never had the best of aim, but the bump should go down in a couple of days. Sorry again, I said. Who wrote this? Steve Bruce. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the Steve Bruce book. (laughs) Have you, Tim? Have you read the Steve Bruce book? Oh, with this just horrible, repetitive, five-year-old yeah structure and sentence. Like if I wrote a book. He bought his head up, and then I saw who I who I hit with my ball. The fly half for England and Bath was standing in front of me with a small smile on his face. Our eyes met for a Can couple of seconds. Can I just ask a quick question? Would this be as sexy if it was Freddie Burns? <laughs> <laughs> Go on, sorry. I lo- no, I love the fact that, that she's run over, checked his head, and it's only when he li- it's only when he lifts his head up. She says, oh, it's George Ford. Anyway, she's just had a conversation with him. Um, our eyes met for a couple of seconds, and it was like we were the only ones alive. I looked away from his ocean blue eyes. Mm. Now I feel even worse knowing I hit you. I can't believe I hit George Ford in the head with my ball. Don't worry, no real harm done. Like I said, I've had worse injuries, he said with a smile. At, the, at that moment, there was just one thought going through my head. I just hit George Ford in the head. <laughs> What a lovely bit of prose at the end there. It really is. It goes on, and it's... Um, I'm sure it really, does. I'm sure it does. It's a beautiful romantic tale, if anyone's interested. I'm going to do some mining and digging for who else there are stories around. Um, would you like... If if there was a Tommy Bow one, would you like to hear that, Phil? Oh, definitely. I might. I might, um, I might. Yeah, preferably um, a kind of early 30s, brown-haired, uh, bearded... Uh, gentleman that Tommy Bow takes a fancy to. Yeah, now we're talking. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll have a look. But, ladies and gentlemen, rugby fan fiction is a thing. I think that's a sign that the sport has properly arrived. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, maybe. Hang on. Wait, wait there. You two carry on talking. Uh, I mean, this is this, it's the greatest. But uh, we talked about having a, um, a rugby book club with uh, S- Smelling of Roses by Stuart Barnes being the instigator there, but we never followed it through. Maybe this well, is our. Oh, by the way, through. Stuart Barnes on Twitter now. Amazing. Yeah, he, he seems to be replying to tweets that are a couple of months old um, that are criticising him. <laughs> I think, um, I, I almost want to say, mate, this is Twitter. If you reply to everyone that is acid-tongued about Well, he's, all, he's only like 2,000 followers deep, I think. So at the yeah. moment, he probably can. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just like, it's not a place to worry about people does, having a... Popular. Does Stuart Barnes follow you, Tim? Uh, I've not begged him to follow me yet. Well, no. <laughs> I'm not beyond begging Stuart Barnes. <laughs> 3,819. Oh, and I'm just... Oh, he's quoted some two great ripperman. Who is this who I'm blocked from looking at? Anyway, ca- uh, carry on. Oh, I got blocked by Stephen Jones this week. Oh, did oh, you? did you? Finally. For nothing. For, for, uh, I didn't do anything. 
We we've been blocked. The, the Egg Chasers account has been blocked. I've been blocked personally for as well, sadly, longer than I can remember. I think we only had access to it. The Egg Chaser account was live for about two days before we were blocked by Stuart Barnes. Uh, uh, we didn't do anything wrong either. We were just caught up in the conversation. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that was it. I was caught in a crossfire. Someone else included me and him that- in a conversation, and uh, he just blocked. He, he he's um he doesn't like anybody that has a, a different opinion. He doesn't like. Uh, I know that feeling. Sort of doesn't engage in. <laughs> Yeah, I just think it's the mark of I don't know, I don't of, a, know of, a that. of a great man, of a great man, of of thirteen time r- rugby writer association winner <laughs> Stephen Jones. Yeah, yeah, great man. Uh, actually, yeah, you know to, to be fair, one, one like, of the very few who doesn't mind upsetting people, which I like. I actually appreciate that. Yeah, no, I appreciate that as well. He does what he wants. There, there is definitely something to be said for not even bothering to get into Twitter arguments because it is just, it is actually, you only end up at the end of it going, that was such a monumental waste of time. Yes. There's, I don't think I've ever witnessed a Twitter argument where someone has been convinced of something else. No. So it is a futile, an entirely futile And yet I continue exercise. to do it, usually with Tim. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. Pe- people about things completely non rugby. Some of, yeah. some of your Twitter arguments yeah, yeah. Must, must stop it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, back to, uh, can I just say as well because I've, I've I've sort of credited the way JP Doyle dealt with an individual situation in that Wasps Exeter game, the way that Wayne Barnes dealt with the whole game, Leicester Quins. He is absolute class. Do you know what? I mean, he is the best. I think at the moment, I, C- certainly in the Premiership. I, I think he's better than Nigel at the moment. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. But actually, you know, I've got enormous regard for all the refs. I think they're they're all pretty, pretty good. And the amount of time and craft, uh, time that they put into their craft. I mean, they all meet on Monday mornings. They all review each other's games. There's not really much that gets past them. You know, they're 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 an impressive bloke, particularly when you compare them to their contemporaries in football or or somewhere else. Not just football, but other officials. Does it feel a little bit like what I like about Wayne Barnes? Is he sort of he's so. Um, aware he feels like he has such a kinship with what's going on in the players heads that he 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 preempts stuff and stops it before it becomes stuff becomes an issue uh, and he just, i don't know he's, i mean i just think way, he he, 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 he plays the laws well but the, yeah the way he communicates is so i assured. think i think i do it the other way around i think yeah it's the communication that lets the players know what what he expects. He doesn't change for the players; the players change change for him. I think that's that's the key to it. And if you're consistent and you apply the laws correctly, then that will happen. I, I think you do make a good point, though, Tim. There are times where he's almost diffused the situation by he's already doing what the players are about to ask for where they're either calling for a TMO or they're saying, can you check the knock-on or whatever it is, and he's already one step ahead of them, which diffuses diffuses any yeah. situation. Yeah, because mostly when players get annoyed, it's because of inconsistency of decisions or they've let, they've let the decisions allow the players to get at each other, I, I guess is what I'm trying, trying yeah, to say. Or, or equally, like, there was, there was someone, I, uh, there was quite a few people I noticed... Well, some people tweeted us going, oh, isn't it out of order the way that Scout Berger was talking to the referee at times and and, and having a whinge? And my reaction is, it's players are going to get away with whatever they can get away with. And that's whoever you are, whatever team. The point is, Wayne Barnes never, never seems to let that 
escalate to a point where it affects you. You think when you're at home, God, they're bleating a bit at the ref. He just, yeah. I don't know, he just stamps stuff like that out. Mm. Yeah. Well, he was very good. I'll give you a bad refereeing decision this week. In your beloved sales game? Yeah, I didn't think Rob Webber deserved a yellow. No. That was... I, I, did, so did you think Did you think Liam Williams did? Yes. Did yeah, he? I thought... I, I'm surprised Liam didn't get a, didn't get a red. red. What? Storm, what? Because he storms into a fracor, makes it worse. I mean, I've, you know, I've, I've seen it given. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What did Liam Williams do? He pushed someone. Over. Okay. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he pushed Mark Jennings, yeah. That's yeah, and that's a red card. That's not a red well, card. Depends what happens next. And what happened next? A bit of pushing and shoving. Yeah, well, he does set the whole. Nobody, he does set the whole. Th- as it happens, well, I'm happy for well, a yellow. Let, 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 let me put that on record. I'm happy about the yellow. I'm not happy. No, well, I don't really. Hold on. Why? Why did Liam Williams run in? I do you know. What? I don't know. You. You can tell me that because I was in the stands. So you tell yeah. me. Well, let me. Yeah, let me tell you. It is because Rob Webber had his arm, forearm across the face of. I can't remember which Saracens player it was, but a Saracens player pinning him on the floor with his forearm. Well, I mean, maybe he wanted the Saracens player to stay still. So, well, yeah, but Rob Webber didn't need to... Tell you what, Rob Webber had a hell of a game. Very, well, yeah, very impressive. Rob Webber didn't need to pin a player on the floor with a forearm across the face. Well, we don't know why Le- he was Liam, doing it. Liam, Could be for his own well, safety. Liam Williams didn't need to run in and push Mark Jennings, but the reason Liam Williams did run in... Hang on, push, he pushed push Mark, Mark Jennings. Jennings because Rob yes, Webber had Mark, a forearm on yeah, 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 because Mark Jennings... Well, no, actually, if you actually watch what happened, he just he just ran in to pull Rob Webber off of his teammate. And then Jennings gets in the way. Mark Jennings was in the way, and the second that Mark Jennings had been sort of bumped... And let's be fair, they kicked lumps out of each other for 80 minutes. We're not wor- really worried about a player getting a little push, in the, little push in the back. And as soon as Mark Jennings was out the way, he went down to Rob Webber to pull him off. So, no, I'm not like that, but... Um, <laughs> Oh dear! Um, but sorry, oh dear. but um, it, Rob Webber doesn't pin him down with a forearm. Nothing happens. Liam Williams doesn't run in. It doesn't get escalated. I would say it, there was no need for any card in that situation. I'm really crazy that there was cards. I'm with you, Tim. There, there is pushing and shoving. They're both in the wrong. You give a, a penalty for Webber and then turn it, turn it. Yeah, reverse it for Liam Williams. There should not be a yellow card in that situation. Well, I'm glad we're at this game anyway, because I'm going to say a few things about it. Uh, number one, uh, Liam Williams might have got a yellow card, but he was amazing. Yes. I mean, actually, thinking about it, the, that whole game is all about Liam, Liam Williams. Does he come back into the starting Wales team? I don't know if he does. I, I mean, maybe he does. That will be for Gatland. Would I? Sure. Probably not. I think I'll go with Halfpenny for now. Would you not bring him in instead of um, Adams? No, I wouldn't. I'd st- Would you not? I'd keep it exactly as it is, put him on what the What about, oh, surely North, you got North and Williams are ready, primed to come back in. Um, yeah, I mean, one of them's going to make the bench, probably Williams over North for me. But oh. Will- but Williams in this game, I mean, yeah, Marlon Yard, uh, Marlon Yard had an absolutely horrendous bit of defending, which cost Sale the game, really. Um, for the Williams try. Yeah, but do you know what? what? Even... Even if he doesn't get that, his tackle on Denny Solomona. I mean, Eddie re- reckons that this guy Denny is one of the best finishers in, in in England. All he needs to do is get is get over that line. Williams absolutely smashes him into touch about five yards away, and uh, De- and Solomona's hell of a finisher. He is. I, I surely Liam Williams is going to be starting. 
He's got two games under yeah, his belt maybe now. actually. And he's looked class. That's yeah. the other thing. He's looked really, really good. Two games, straight back to his best. <clears throat> mm. He was uh, one of the best players on the Lions tour last year. Yeah, what am I talking about? Of course he's going to stop. Yeah, yeah <laughs> against Josh Adams, who is top try scorer in the Premiership at the moment, but only has two caps. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other thing is, Sale's defence was pretty magnificent. Saracen's defence was pretty magnificent. Um, <laughs> the thing about Saracen's defence uh, is, Sale broke the line uh, maybe, I want to say seven or eight times. I mean, a, a, lo- you know, a lot of line breaks, a lot of players beaten. Saracen's actually only completed about 78% of their tackles compared to Sale, who were in the, in, in the, high, in the high 90s. And... Um, when they break, when they got broke, or when they got broke, the way that they work back, then to make, then to get back in that defensive line is amazing. It's simply amazing, and that's that's why they win. That is one of the uh, things. Just on that tackling, because uh, it's a point that a few people made after last week's uh, England Wales game when I was critical of Owen Farrell's defence. Yeah, it is a way that Saracens def- defend and. Um, Gustard has both teams defending where you have a couple of bolters out of the line and then yeah. people fanning around them they like uh, so the bolters will slow the player down and then everyone swarms onto them and shuts them down or, completely or, or the bolter the player that flies out like Farrell with, with his on, on paper seven missed tackles uh, against Wales what he, what he did on a number of those occasions was force the ball carrier to run inside yeah. rather than outside well they do call it don't they um, yeah yeah, results-based defence, like what happens at the end of it, it isn't m- yeah. much about tackles. I do struggle to see the logic in letting Sale cut you up. I think that that wasn't that wasn't the plan. Um, but Saracens, seventy-eight, seventy-nine yeah. percent tackle completion, only conceded three points. So, yeah. in terms of results-based, that is the yeah. only result that counts. Yeah, yeah. and and also like say praising Sale for ninety-something percent tackle completion. I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't buy this. This is where stats, um, on in in, can be misleading when you compare the two because the reason why the, the tackle completion was so high is because Saracens just went, all right, Sale aren't competing at the breakdown. They're fanning out, filling the field. Yeah. So they, we can't, we can't go round them. So we're just going to go through the middle of them, and that makes it much easier to tackle. But Saracens dominated Sale. They were bullied at the gain line, battered. They were battered. But it was. No, they weren't. Sales, sales. Yeah, they were. No, they weren't. It, they sa- were. Saracens only scored one try. And yeah, for, and, and for it was sale. a fairly lucky try. And I mean, it was one defensive defensive uh, mistake. They never looked like they never looked like scoring. Never. For sale to, so, for sale to only concede thirteen points is actually a bit of a positive. Yeah, oh, no, no, it was really impressive, and it's um, their 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 system is. Uh, I think what you had two very contrasting styles. I thought you had two very similar styles. Actually, they were no. It, it, defensively, it's two very contrasting styles. It's, oh, okay. Defensively, guess, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sale don't compete at the breakdown. Just fan, fan out, so you can't be run around. Mm. And you have to basically go. Come on, you want you want to t- you want to take us. You're going to have to get in behind us first, or you're going to have to break us down. Yeah. Um, and the and, one, and Saracens obviously identified well, the way we're going to do that is just by arm wrestling you. So, I, do you know what I think Saracens do? I think they break you mentally, and the way they do that is, yes, you can see the a big amount of yardage, or so you make a big amount of yardage against them, and then you think you've got to be on here. You've got quick ball, and then they've sort of regenerated this defensive line, and then they turn into something which looks a little bit like Sale, 
and then you can't get around them and then you run out of ideas and you spill the ball forward or you're too slow in a, slow in a ruck and, and they turn you over it, it's, it's quite, it is quite something to watch to be fair mm. yeah yeah and like you say it's, it's a model which England are um, have really cemented in the international game as well uh, I tell you what such a, such a missed opportunity for sale because they would have gone fourth so there you go and I mentioned that, mentioned uh, that I, don't, I, I find it interesting you say a missed opportunity I didn't think Sale were ever looking like they could win that game well they could have scored in the first second of the of, of the game they had a load of, they had about three scoring opportunities and they either dropped it or got bundled in bundled into touch so they mm-hmm. they had more scoring opportunities than Saracens but uh, oh big mm-hmm. big news by the way big news from uh, Sale Steve Diamond named, name checked me in the uh, in, in the press conference <laughs> no I I turned on because you were periscoping the press conference. Yeah. So I turned it on for about 30 seconds. I thought, I mean, you sounded excited. You were breathing very heavily. Well, you was know. Has <laughs> it just been in the presence of greatness, uh, your perception of greatness? Uh, I, well, I'm pretty sure we'd all agree um, Mark McCall is one of the best <laughs> directors of rugby. By the way, that that is a guy who should do one more. If he gets the European Cup this year, he should call it a day at Saracens. Go home and be the saviour of Ulster. Oh God! It's not got into all stuff. Um, but yeah, I was you know, it was an exhausting game and also what, very sensitive microphones. What um, what context were you name checked? Uh, as JB referred to before in his previous question, which I thought was great, uh, I didn't refer to that actual point, but I'll take it. That's not <laughs> so what I was not, getting. Not at. only, not only he's a, not only has he allowed you back, he actually acknowledges your existence. Well, yeah, someone tapped me on the shoulder. And goes, How have you gone from being banned to being name jacked? <laughs> <laughs> you're working great. You're working some wonderful things at uh, Sale, JB. Oh yeah, God. If they if they, if they if they ever got relegated like a couple of years ago. What a miserable existence it would be for, for rugby up in the north. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Well, I mean... Yes. What was the attendance and atmosphere? 6,000 uh, this time around. So, and, and, do, you know, do they have the lowest average attendance in the, in the league? I think they do. Well, I, I don't know because I've not looked at the average attendances, but I can tell you this. The Diamond Lane, which is the, um, <laughs> which is the new bridge over to uh, the AJ Bell, is superb. So... We'll That's soon find. Gonna... We'll soon find out if it is the traffic or it is something else. Yes. it works well. That's well. good. That that would be good to know. Uh, um, I, I can well, tell well, you attendances. The average uh, sale have the lowest by about two thousand. Is that right? Lowest average. Yeah. Well, apparently they need seven thousand to break even. Uh, well, they're averaging, uh, averaging five and a half thousand. Is They've, that it? Their highest Offic- is officially. It, yeah, officially their highest is seven two. Wow, so uh, this, um, I mean, this, this Spain game for me is going to be a hell of an occasion with 15. <laughs> Double the highest uh, sale game this season. Yeah. Uh, what's uh, what's cost in the stadium? Nine or 12? 10, 11, yeah. 12, 12. I think it's 10, 11, 12, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, mm. Are you going to do any predictions now or are you going to do it l- l- later on in the week? I think we predict the, seeing as this is the, the premiership or the domestic podcast we predict the domestic games for next week and then we can have a mwip oh midweek oh nice midweek international podcast yep oh love it uh 12,000 capacity at aj bell uh, that, that'll be uh, selling out soon if they carry on playing the way they, they the way they will <laughs> well the way they do it'll be fine i love i love your optimism jb i'm not sure i'm in the same space well you should come come down and watch it's, it's good well, right so pick pick your 
top four and top six at this point. We've got, what, six games left now? Oh, seven games seven, left. Uh, yeah, seven left. And the table as it stands has got Saracens. Again, I can't believe they're back on top, having lost... Well, there were nine games all in a row, four of them in the Premiership in a row. Um, but they're there with 53 points from Exeter 52 from Wasps 48 Gloucester in 4th with 42 points then Newcastle Bath on 41 Leicester and Sale on 37 Harlequins on 32 I think that's it for Harlequins they're cooked now yeah agreed but who is getting in those top 4 positions should we say besides uh, who's getting the 4th spot behind Saracens Exeter Wasps I'm with you there Tim Saracens Exeter Wasps are pretty much nailed on now but there's five points separating five teams that could all could all get playoffs. Yes, and there has been a development in the rugby dungeon. A big development. A big development. The whiteboard has been dusted off, and a certain statement has just been written on it. Yep. J- so, JB Sale are making the playoffs. So it's amazing how you don't need to be here to know what's what's going on. <laughs> uh, so predictable. So just to recap on my on my whiteboard for this season, hashtag downfall 2018 very much in play, going exactly as I thought it would so far. <laughs> really? <is that laughs> well, right? I thought you'd lose. I thought you'd lose to uh, Scotland and Ireland. So so far, exactly as I expected. Three um, 0 loss to South Africa in the summer. South Africa just changed their coach exactly as I expected. <laughs> uh, Marcus Smith, the greatest player of a generation, uh, will start ten the Rugby World Cup at some point in the Rugby World Cup. Matthew O'Connor to be. Oh sat- no, you no. That was he would be the starting ten. Oh fine, he he will be the starting the ten. starting ten starting ten the Rugby World Cup. I'm even I'm even even willing to go. He will start a game at ten in the World Cup. And no, I'll, no, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give the, you like a, a minor victory there if the, that happens. The start- no, 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 no. Because no. I think there's a chance like the Uruguay one last time was just an exhibition. It was a bit of a disgrace out here. Yeah, <laughs> it was a disgrace. So disrespectful yeah. and yeah. meaningless. Um, okay, uh, Matt O'Connor to be sacked by the end of the season. Yeah. And the new one, the fourth place team for this year, the 17-18 Premiership, will be Sale Sharks. Interesting. So you actually said that to me. Uh, we had a coffee this afternoon, and you said you're confident in that happening. Well, not confident, but I think it could happen. Hmm. I mean, they've got. When, when are you going to admit you're a sale fan now? It's okay. <laughs> no one will judge you for that. I, I, I just know what I see when I watch the game. And <laughs> when they're at home, they're very, very uh, impressive. They've got a hell of a good, 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 good back row. They've got players co- coming back. They've got good systems. You talk about impressive home performances, one we've not mentioned yet. Newcastle. Oh bloody hell! Yeah, have we not mentioned that? Yeah, completely agree. And Bath were in. Well, Todd Blackadder described it as an embarrassment. There were a couple of players who played well for Bath. Uh, Actually, two of the new boys, Zach Mercer. Mercer was excellent, and two of the new boys, two two more of their mid-season signings. uh, Young James Wilson. uh, Well, he 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 was okay. He was not bad. I, I was more thinking of Will Hurrell. Uh, and yes. Cooper Vuna, who were two of the most. They've got impress- Cooper Vuna. Yeah, when did that happen? <laughs> I know it happened a couple of weeks ago. Two of the most impressive players uh, on the pitch for Bath. So, uh, wow. Yeah, more mid-season signings. Is there a better pair of wingers than Sonotti, Sonotti, and Gonover? In the uh, Premiership? Well, Cooper Vuna and uh, Alad Brew. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do I know? Uh, oh. I think they're. The, I think they're the best two in the Premiership. Uh, but, but, do, do you know what? You know what? Probably um, Woodburn and Noel when both fit. Woodburn and Noel yeah, were very class. good. The, the two Wor- Denny and Yard. 
Denny, uh, I tell you what, Denny and Byron McGuigan are pretty good. Yeah, what? they're good. The two Worcester wingers are pretty good. Yeah. Adam, do you know what? And, uh, this is the thing about team, yeah. this is about the thing, thing about rugby teams is particularly in the Premiership, the two the two starting guys when fit are always pretty good. It'd be hard to say which are the worst pair. Uh, Leicester, perhaps. Leicester. Well, Tom, no, Tom Brady's class. Thompson, but and then Maloof. who was the other guy? Jo- Johnny May. Johnny May, though. Oh yeah, Johnny May. Tom Brady's pretty ace. <laughs> I'm more thinking like. So they've had Brady, Maloof, Thompson, and Jonah Holmes. Who are all pretty uninspiring. Mm, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who else? Uh, I, George North hasn't been great for um, North. He's started to pick, pick it up recently, but actually they've had two pretty. Uh, Foden North. Foden North is. That's pretty. Yeah. yeah. That's not inspiring. Well, uh, just go. London Irish have 50% exceptional. Yeah. Lewington, who is exceptional going forward, and then Cook and Isiga. Yeah. I'm going to call, I'm gonna call not, it right. The, uh, the Not to say they're bad. But just to say that when you have everybody fit and available, Gloucester have the weakest wingers. Do which they? is weird say, talking about Gloucester like that. Yeah, because they've got... Because, well, Marshall and Trinder. I know Sharple. It, yeah, well, they're both not wingers Woodward? when they started at the weekend. Woodward, yeah, Woodward is a 15. I mean, Woodward's a beast. Woodward's a hell of a player. Uh, and they've got Sharples who can't seem to get himself fit. Yeah, P- Ollie Thornley what? can play a bit. Purdy Thornley, Halif yeah, yeah. Halifanua. They've got yeah, a lot I'm, of good I'm lads. Gonna, it's weird for because like, Gloucester would always be right up near the top, wouldn't but, they? Yeah, but it is a different question, isn't it? Who are the best two and who have the best group? They've got a good group, but have they got the best two? And I think you're probably yes, right. Actually, exactly. I, 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 I think you might be right, Tim. Now, just going back to this Bath game, uh, yeah, every one of the outside backs from twelve onwards is a mid-season signing. Cooper Vuna, Benny Taps was mid-season last year. Yeah, Cooper Vuna, Will Hurrell, Hurrell, Brew mid-season last year. Yep. Wilson, yeah, and Paul Grant was was he mid-season? I think he was mid-season last year again. What goes on? Oh, actually, but do, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to make what one broader point here, um, and, and there's no excuse for Bath not showing up. And Todd Blackadder has called it as it is um, an embarrassment. It was a really poor performance. But it, when when you're looking at Pro 14 sides. Or super rugby sides, mm-hmm. or whatever. Oh no, no, super rugby. It isn't. It doesn't clash with internationals. But pro fourteen clashing with internationals, I don't like. But the players are at least owned effectively by their union, yes. so that makes sense. Premiership and international games should not clash. And also, this mm. was a fallow week. And in the case of, in fact, Austin Healy did a brilliant article on it in the Telegraph, making this point. And he, I thought, do you know what? He's absolutely on the money. Harlequins and Leicester. This is a, this was a season-defining weekend, and a spine of both of their teams are unavailable even on a week off. And by all accounts, England players are being absolutely beasted. <laughs> yeah, I bet they are. I so bet 80 they are. minutes, 80 minutes for their club. Would it really do any more harm than? Depends if they get any, injured, I guess. And, and 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 you know, Leicester and Harlequins are paying 80 percent of that guy's wages and. They are, the, they are, but this is the 20% that they don't, would be the argument. Yeah, well, no, exactly. So all I'm saying is th- th- there's no easy way to solve it, but I just don't think Premiership and International should clash. Yeah. Or yeah. the union should own the players. I mean, I, I think it's probably a time when we could look to the Pro 14 for inspiration and say, I really like the two different conference, conferences. It's not very European. It's more of an American thing, but I love it. It is working well. This is this is the best ever season of Pro 14. Yeah, by a country mile. Apart from Ulster's performances, 
Uh, well, oh god, I'm... they're in such a mess, Phil. Ugh. They are in such a mess. They can't catch a break on injuries. Yeah, and Johnny McPhillips going down with a sh- what looked like quite a bad shoulder injury. Halfway Is he the fly half? He's the uh, what? He was the only. He fit, was the only fit fly half, and has only played a handful of games in an Ulster shirt. Oh my word! Uh, and then you had the necklace wonder. Duncan Weir stepping up and drop goaling in the 83rd minute. Yeah, well, I, what? Think, I think ulstering should be a verb now. Hang on, Ulster, Duncan Ulster Weir. The game is Duncan like, Weir when played you really for Edinburgh. Need it to lose in heartbreaking fashion. I thought he was at Worcester. Duncan Weir. Yeah, the fly off. Yeah, he's a Worcester, Worcester. isn't he? Uh, Edinburgh. He's Edinburgh. He's, I think he's leaving Edinburgh next. There's season. a picture of him in his Worcester outfit. Well, he certainly played this weekend. Oh bloody hell! Hang on. Uh, 83rd minute uh, drop goal and uh, neither team really deserved to lose but uh, it's it's just classic Ulster this season everything's going wrong no Ulster did deserve to lose to to go to score a try a a very good try what are you watching Phil? after 8 minutes uh, (laughs) it's just on in the background Uh, Spain-Romania game Um, yeah to score a try after 8 minutes and uh, what looked like a comfortable try, a great finish by Cooney, who scored all of Ulster's points, and then to just slowly get beaten up by that Edinburgh pack and concede yards, concede territory, concede penalties, uh, concede a couple of good tries to Edinburgh, and to eventually lose it in the 83rd minute is... It's just not good enough. It's just simply not good enough. And I, I don't know where to start. They need so many new forwards they basically need can I do a job at Ulster yeah you couldn't do much worse than some of the guys that are playing <laughs> they need they need like 15 new forwards to have a competitive pack in that lead league really I mean that's... they they are so f- there's a whole host of players who are just so far off who would you get rid of would you get rid of would you captain uh well so best hardly ever plays now, are they allowed to get rid of him? I mean, that's the other thing. Well, it would be an IRFU decision. But, like, what and if they don't want him? Uh, what? This, this, I think the I, well, this uh, this is kind of what I was getting at. That he's he, Rory Best is firstly an IRFU rugby player. Yes. Yeah, he's island captain, first and foremost. That, so, yeah, my point about the captains I made it for is they're all mostly not very good at winning things. Uh, at club level because internationals have taken over to the extent now it doesn't really matter if you're winning for your club if you're captain you're captain Dylan Hartley doesn't do very well for his club I mean, well, it doesn't yeah. even matter if you've played for your club yeah not so interested in fact Eddie, Eddie Jones in fact it's probably better if you don't <laughs> yeah you know the only one who plays regularly is well Alan Wynn's captain now isn't he so he does play a lot to be fair but Sam Orbison could not be less interested yeah um, Rory Bass could not be le- uh, uh, less interested at least Scotland tends to pick lads who don't play in Scotland so they don't have the choice in Barkley and Laidlaw yeah yeah. but other than that no one cares and it doesn't matter if you lose it doesn't matter if you play for your club you'll always get your get your international jersey which is a weird yeah. place to be uh, what, just going back to the Avicii for a second I just think it's it, it, it's Disincentive. We've talked about it before. The perf- well, like the perfect Premiership player is someone who's good enough to play for a national team but doesn't. It's a fine balancing act. Like Don Armand. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we d- yeah, I mean, we. He's the perfect Premiership player because you get him twenty-two rounds of games. And... I mean, arguably, he'd be the perfect international player as well if someone would give him a shot. <laughs> arguably, I'll, arguably. T- I'll tell you who's been a good Premiership player this season. 
Ooh. who's played almost every game, almost every round, and is t- uh, considered too long in the tooth to be playing international. Uh, Jamie Roberts is having a fine season. He's- he ma- he made a fifty yard break. He did. He did, and he he has actually been playing very well. And I've been watching him because he's been kind of in and out of my uh, fantasy rugby draft team all season. Because there's been, I mean, there's a, a chronic lack and a chronic shortage of midfielders anyway. But he's actually been pretty good, and his his weakest part of his game, certainly at international level, is distribution. He gets enough time and space to actually be okay. Yeah, the distribution. The weird thing about Jamie Roberts is he actually fits the mould of. Whatever his club form is, it doesn't matter for so long. So if you watched him at Racing Metro, you'd be thinking, who is this joker? You know, <laughs> what, what is he actually bringing? And Cardiff never played. Just never played. Yeah. You know, and he was always picked. So now I guess he's at Harlequins and, he, and he has to play. There's only, you know, only going to be one outcome. Yeah, he's he, got to play he well. He deserves... Uh, and No, you don't deserve it for no reason, but... He is. So, I'm, I'm absolutely sure what's going on. He is so damn hungry. M- much like James Haskell, who said he would play for a, a pay cut. He is so damn hungry for a World Cup, and also he's what is he six caps away from a hundred caps for Wales? Ooh. Yeah, I think like, that's he, the... he, he's not going to leave it to chance, is he? He's going to really give it a good crack, and he is, as you say, he's having a he's having a really good season when we thought he was done. Yeah, yeah, he is playing very well. Uh, he's the kind of guy that you want so he's motivated he's experienced and he's actually playing some good rugby and he's available every week in week out so um, it's all I'm motivated I'm motivated to do our, our predictions oh Cornerstone buy some Cornerstone and then we'll do, do our predictions <laughs> yes brilliant deal on Cornerstone less than a cost of a pint to get yourself the best razor we believe you can get with a metal weighty uh, aluminium shaft which is engraved with your initials a six cartridge full of precision German engineered razors in a cornerstone presentation box because you get an offer from us less than a pint four quid with no obligation to continue but we think you want to cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers that's cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers or egg 10 check out do it right <laughs> predictions go pro 14 predictions okay uh, starting on Friday night we have Leinster hosting the Southern Kings which is going to be an absolute beatdown. down yeah, bloodbath uh, yes. Dragons host Edinburgh. Edinburgh fresh off the back of that uh, efficient victory over a pathetic Ulster team. Uh, and Dragons fresh off getting beaten by JB's beloved Benetton. That's right. So Edinburgh might w- well win that. And then what again would be a, a brilliant game uh, if all the internationals were playing. Munster host Glasgow. Munster, oh, right, okay. Munster, um, Glasgow, uh, Glasgow. Glasgow played really well, actually, considering they had all their players missing. So, they, yeah, Glasgow. They did. Yeah, why not? Give me Glasgow. Uh, whatever. Munster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, then on um, on Saturday, we have Scarlets hosting Ulster, which I can't see getting any better for Ulster. No. Ospreys host Cheetahs. Oh, cheaters to win that. Yeah, give me cheaters. Southern oh, Kings cheaters. gave uh, Osprey's problems. Yeah, so cheaters should should do it. Uh, and then Benetton uh, host Connacht. Benetton host Connacht. Oh, Benetton unlucky six Connacht. In a row. Six in or oh, six on the bounce for Benetton. I tell you what, they're not. Well, they're off, uh, pretty far off playoffs actually. I think they won seven this this year. 
Bloody impressive, that. And uh, Zebra won this weekend as well, and they host next weekend, they host Cardiff. Mm. So Zebra could be winning two on the bounce. Now, hang on, just give me... Zebra. Zebra. Just trying to find... Whoever they are. uh, Guinness Pro 14, the tables. So... Z oh Zebra or Zebra or who whatever they're called now. Anyone four Benetton won eight. So what? How do you get into the playoffs of the Pro Fourteen? Uh, the winners and then what? The next three, top is three it? top three of each side, isn't it? Is it top three and they have one playoff have... before the semis? Uh, is that right? I think it might be right. Yeah, something like that. Well, um, Edinburgh are currently uh, on ten uh, on ten wins. And 46 points. Benetton, 38. So they've got some making up. Ulster are right in it, though, Phil. Yeah, but Ulster won the first seven games on the bounce. They were top of the league. Uh, yeah, that's a problem. It's not been so good since then. No. Oh, well. Never never mind, mate. Chin up. Yeah. Uh, Avicii? Avicii. So, uh, there is no Friday night game. What? That is prob- because it's the Six Nations Friday yeah, game. Because uh, f- it's France hosting Italy in the Six Nations, which we will come on to in our midweek international podcast. Mm-hmm. But uh, Saturday, we've got a two o'clock kickoff in Exeter, Northampton. Well, I mean, you'd say Exeter. But at the moment, who knows? I think this- the, st- the stakes are massive. Exeter are going to win. I think this could be a big Exeter win yeah. by 50 points. Hope you're right. to win. Uh, then, ooh, which I'm just trying to think which would be. This our, is, I, I know exactly who is going to win the, win your next game. <laughs> which should be game of the week is, uh, is the real question. Well, see, it would have been London Irish Worcester, but it's yeah. I don't think it is anymore. No, def- definitely not that one. Probably the Gloucester game. Yes, no, yes. I'd say right. the Bath fourth, game. Fourth v third. Fourth v third. Yeah, fourth v third. Let's go for that one. Not the Bath game. Uh, no. Oh, okay. Too much of a routine victory. Four. <laughs> I don't know which way I'm going on that. Uh, so the second second game, two thirty kick off. Bath host JB's beloved Sale Sharks. Here we go. Uh, it's going to Sale are going to batter them. They're going to absolutely batter them. Now Bath have been a different animal at home. They have, uh, but Sale dominated them up front at, 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 at the AJ Bell. They've lost their better players. Uh, Underhill. Uh, that that day they had Watson. They had I think Jonathan Joseph played, uh, and they still came and stuck. Sale are getting more and more, uh, strong and strong every week. Sale will take Bath. Give me Bath at the wreck. Uh, I actually do think without their internationals, Sale are going to sneak it. They're not going to sneak it. It's going to be so much by internationals and, uh, and mid-season but... call-ups and in, and injuries <laughs> and play and players going. To Toulon and Rocco being injured, they're ravaged. Oh yeah, Dave Atwood played, didn't he, this weekend? Did he? Good for him. Yeah. He he played, and um, Chris Ashton scored a first half hat trick, meaning he's something like seventeen tries in fifteen games in, <laughs> in the top fourteen this season. Good lad, phenomenal strike rate. See, w- w- without Charlie Yules now, I'd, if I were Bath, I'd be thinking I'd want Dave Atwood in my squad. But oh, um, so one of the questions I asked Bath is, can you bring him back? And apparently they can. In season? Yeah. Really? Mm. Well, it was a big win for Toulon, so I've not seen any of the game, so I can't comment, but uh, if Atwood played well, maybe they'll want to start bringing him back. Mm. Then- I, um, 
but it was reported in the Bath Chronicle, and which JB mentioned last week. It might have some it, the the suggestion from the Bath Chronicle, and then as JB also said, is it might have something to do with salary caps. So anyway, well, I actually did phone um, bath about this, Tim. A uh, little bit of an yeah. update for you. You did what? I phone bath. You phone bath? Yeah. Just, uh, who, awesome. who at Bath? Uh, the, uh, the, Recep- medium, the receptionist? The media manager. Okay. And uh, no, it, it isn't sa- salary cap. They were very clear that he would have. they would have made the salary cap work anyway. He'll be back for, back for pre-season. Okay. So it's uh, it's completely scurrilous rumour by the Bath Chronicle. It is. No, no, they, they, did, they do say, they do say in unrelated, unrelatedly he would not count towards the salary cap because he's not played. But this okay. is not one of the motivations for, but then, for him going. If he's fit now, because he's but, played, just yeah, played for Toulon. Yeah, but yeah, but he's not. He's not played for Bath. Yeah, yeah. But if he's fit for, to play for Toulon and he's a quality international player, and Bath are struggling, surely Bath would play him if he was there, which would cause concerns on the salary cap. Uh, no, no, because they would have made it. They had room for him anyway. Oh right, okay. Yeah, and he'll he he will be back for pre-season. Okay. Yeah, so oh, so this is exactly the sort of game that I'd want Dave Atwood in a Bath shirt if I were if I were a oh, Bath fan. But, but not but not uh, if you're England because Sale Sale are ferocious. You don't want them getting injured. <laughs> I, I would. Um, yeah, I, th- I think Sale are going to going to sneak it. Now Sale might be missing one of their best players from Josh this Strauss. weekend, Josh Strauss, who's been called up to Scotland. What? I, I couldn't. Understand. I mean, I could, oh, right. I, I could not understand why Scotland were calling up Dave Denton. And not I Josh tell Strauss. you what, he is. So, I mean, I didn't used to rate him at, at Glasgow for whatever reason. I didn't see enough of him. Uh, when you see him in the flesh, I mean, he's a massive man to start with. He's a giant of a man actually, and he's been playing so well. He made a great break, oh, didn't he? And he's quick. Yeah, I was surprised how quick he was. So, so to, to, I, I couldn't understand Dave Denton over Josh Strauss. So that, that feels like all, that feels like order restored a little bit. So uh, two of us saying sale, one saying bath. bath. The next Saturday game, Harlequins hosting Newcastle. <laughs> I don't, I don't hold much oh hope for Harlequins here, do you? I don't. Well, they're at home where they're normally really good, and Newcastle, and Newcastle aren't as good on the road. Yeah. No Rob Shaw, no chance. Yeah, they did. They played some very nice stuff in patches against Leicester, but just the patches were too few and far between. I do like Chisholm at eight, though. I've got to say, I, I really yeah. like him. Chisholm, He's a quality player. It Chisholm. feels like they are a managerial sacking away from a good team. <laughs> like a Charlie, massive... Charlie Walker will be back, I think. James Horwell will be back. Yeah. Um, yes. Fantasy rugby. I could. I could see Quinns winning, but. I th- I, I'm going to go for Newcastle. I'm with I'm with you at Newcastle. Give they me Exeter at Sandy. Uh, no, they didn't. They beat Exeter at home. Give me, give me Harlequins at home. Then on to Sunday, we have London Irish hosting Worcester, which is good. Uh, I think this could be a big win for Worcester. Yeah, agreed. No, gonna... I'm gonna, do you know what? I'm going to call it Irish. This is so Irish. They're going to win now, and it and it's too late. It's too late. If they win, let's just have a quick look at the it's table. Miles away from what? Twenty-four to fourteen or fifteen or fifteen. Yeah, 16. fifteen, sixteen. Uh, it's twenty-seven to fifteen, sixteen. It would oh, be. No. Do you think Worcester will finish above Northampton? Because I do. On their current trajectory, yes. Yeah, I think they five wins, six wins. My God, Hollywood's only got six wins. Of Silver Shocks, only got seven. <laughs> it's, it's so congested in uh, in the middle. So yeah, it is. I think I think this will be a big Worcester win to be the final nail in the coffin. Talk about big wins that could derail a, 
a season again. Leicester have got an absolute must-win game and they're going to go to Saracens and come back down to earth, aren't they? Now, Leicester, one positive I will throw. So they did eventually get a good win. Uh, the other positive is, did you see any of the players' Instagram or Twitter feeds? Uh, I saw one of them. Which uh, one? Go on. Ellis Genge? <laughs> or was that an old picture? So there was, it was Ellis Genge's birthday this week. Oh, happy birthday, Genji. Uh And there was a nice picture of him in Ibiza with like a, a Nebuchadnezzar of champagne. You love that word. I You're do. the only person I know that uses that word. I do love the word Nebuchadnezzar. It's also also the name of one of the ships in the Matrix. It is the ship in the in the Matrix. Is it really? Yeah, it is. They named the ship in the in the Matrix after twenty bottles of champagne. Yes, <laughs> but it's also <laughs> it's like a biblical king as well. There because are, what he could do twenty bottles of champagne, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, on a king social. <laughs> well, Winston Churchill used to have a pint of champagne every lunchtime. And Paul Roger, uh, English owned. Champagne House yeah. made him special pint-sized 568 milliliter bottles. Perfect. Wow. Could just go for one of those now. Yeah, well, you can't get them now because, uh, of course, we're in the EU. Not for much longer, so <laughs> pint-sized champagne will be back. <laughs> yes. Um, Small victory, you say? <laughs> no, they had, on Saturday night, they had a social, which was Peaky Blinders social. Oh, so there we go. There is a great team photo of a 30 or 40-man squad all in Peaky Blinders attire. And... On BT Sport, uh, I think it was was it Ugo and Ben Kay who were commentating on that game. They were cracking up because they cut to uh, it was George McGuigan and Don Barrow. Yes, uh, uh, midway through the second half, and they both had those uh, two pint cups. The ones, with yeah, the, I saw the that. ones with a handle, and George McGuigan was just finishing a two pint cup. <laughs> Good lads. So hopefully they've done some team bonding, they've righted a few wrongs, they've had a bit of fisticuffs and they're uh, ready to rumble. But they're still going to get hammered by Saracens. Yes, they are. <laughs> so we are now on to... Oh, I don't know, mate. I'm, I'm, te- I'm just tweeting whilst you're talking. No. This is our, our last Leo Vegas uh, yeah. game of the week. Oh, yeah, brand out music. So yeah, Leo <laughs> Vegas, go back with them. Um, <laughs> right. LeoVegas.com and get their app. Yeah, that, yeah all that stuff. Um, who do you think is going to win? So the game is Gloucester at home, who have been excellent, who have beaten most of the big teams, in fact, at home against Wasps, who... Who could could be without Cipriani, could be without Willis, could be without... Will will be without Reader, could be without Robson, who played most of the game with a bit of a knock. Are without Eastmond. Are without Eastmond. The Eastmond thing looks more and more stupid, doesn't it? Ugh. He just he just completely lost his head. Just as they're coming like back to some sort of form, I, it looks like Cipriani might be okay. Actually, he was hobbling around. It, it looks like it might be all yeah. right, and he came off yeah. almost like a, not precaution, but yeah, yeah. And, and having Gopper there as twelve does take a lot of pressure off him, anyway. Yeah, as in if his kicking's not one hundred percent, Gopper just does it all. Uh, where where are they? Where's the game? It's uh, Kings Home. Kings Home. Yeah. God, I don't know. I mean, after today's performance. You'd be a fool not to go with wasps because they were they were brilliant. But if Willis isn't available, if Sippers isn't available, it really tests their squad. Yeah, no Laundry, no Nathan Hughes, Gloucester. Hmm. This this is one of the toughest weekends to call results. Yeah, bar bar Saracens and Exeter at home. Who plays eight? Oh, um, Guy Thompson. Yeah, he did really well today. He did really well. He played well. He played very well all round. He played very well. He put in a big shift in defence. Um, give me Gloucester uh, at home. 
Yeah, I th- I, th- I think Gloucester might sneak this one at home. Hmm. Yep, Gloucester. Yeah. Uh, by how, how, uh, how, how many points? Four. Five. Yeah, I was going to say five as well. I think we're all uh, good, group, good, good grouping on that. Perfect. They miss Willie Hines big time, and I missed him from my fancy rugby draft team, so <laughs> if he could get a fit, that'd be good for everyone. Well, you did miss him, Tim, but you still... Uh, how did I top, do? How badly top, did top I do? Scorer, top scorer in the round, hammered JB, got more than double your points, Jay. Yeah. Oh, really? You were top scorer against bottom scorer, which was JB. Oh, dear. That's annoying when that happens. I'd rather be top scorer when I just pip someone else. Yeah, when, when you need it. Yeah, you need like the, the final score. or something. You've got you've yeah. got 70-odd points you could have just left in the bank there, Tim. Yeah, exactly, and I'm going to need them for some big games in, in coming up. You will, yes. In the race for the playoffs. Indeed. Right, uh, I think we're done. That's a marathon podcast. Yeah, because we didn't even talk about internationals. God. Oh, my goodness Get your me. money's worth here. Yes. Why, why do you put advertising on your podcast once, you know, once every hour and 45 minutes? <laughs> Get a grip. <laughs> right. 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 That's yeah, it. Go done. Get I'm going to go back and do it over tea tomorrow. What are we going to do, Phil? You're going to go home and do some more work, are you? Uh, I'm going to go home and go to bed. I've got a big week ahead of me. What am I going to do? I don't know, nothing. Nothing of interest. You're going to stay down here? Uh, yeah. Oh, no, I've, I've got a new podcast to, to produce, so that's what I'll be doing. Ooh, the pilot, a, pilot episode. Yeah, it is. Pilot episode. It's, it's at this point in the week when you really miss American football, isn't it? Do you know what? That is so true. I was in the bath today thinking, oh, I can't wait for later. I'm going to get a pizza and watch nothing. Emptiness. Yeah. Sadness. Oh, didn't, no, I'm going to watch the Sharks game. I've got that, that on record. So I'm going to watch Sharks versus... Who do they play? Kings. Uh, Sharks versus Lions. Lions, sorry, Lions. Lions beat... Oh, yeah, Super... We haven't mentioned Super Rugby, actually. No, let's do it later. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, let's do it later. No, one wants no, to... no, we've been... This is bloody it, hell. This if is, you're an hour is, and 46 minutes in, waiting for long. Super Rugby. Sorry. This is too long. <laughs> True. Right, goodbye. Right, Bye, nice Tim. Speak to you soon. Bye, Tim. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.